Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. You guys already know what it is. I am the king of content, CEO, a.k.a. King Hayes, in the building. We got another great episode planned for you guys this week. I teased it last week that my brother JB was on. Um, I really I always love uh, talking to JB. Me and JB have just a great brotherly chemistry because we've been friends for like the better part of like six or seven years at this point. Um and that's just my dude, man. So, like, we're talking about racism, uh, the brown versus brown aspect. We talk about some of the things that, you know, it's difficult for us to talk about um, in the culture, uh, how people are, are blatantly labeled as X, Y, Z. Uh, so it's a, it's a really deep uh, conversation between two brothers. But how rude of me. I want to introduce you or welcome you to the Awaken Soul podcast. If you want to go ahead and follow the podcast right off the rip, you can do so at Awaken Soul Pod or at The Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you're looking for us at. You can also follow me personally at CEO Hayes on Twitter and at The King Hayes on Instagram. Uh, But yeah, that's the show plan for this week. We also got Lady in the Building with the Cookie Chronicles. This one is titled Help. So uh, make sure you uh, go and listen and support her as well in that segment. Um, Overall, so last week's episode uh, on alpha males, sigma males, beta males, fake alpha males. um, It was a really great response to it. The brothers really showed up. I've had some conversations uh, with men about it, just identifying themselves, identifying other men around them. Of course, the women showed up as they always have. The women always come out and want to talk about this type of uh, content. So with that already recorded, they will be releasing next week. I have a conversation with Steph of the Grey Pill podcast where we actually break down the female side of that. We talk about um, alpha females, sigma females, beta females, delta females, which is, we didn't get into that on the male side. We also talk about submission, right? Uh, being submissive as a woman and how that word has gotten uh, kind of astray we get into some really great concepts i can't wait to drop that episode uh next week but that's next week we're on this week's episode of the awakened soul so you already know how we have to start it off we're going to get into our intro music and on the side of that we're going to get into my dark and twisted crazy ass mind i see you lovely and beautiful people there peace the following is a breaks media podcast You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. So we're back in my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. Um, and this week, I really don't have much for you guys. 
Um, a lot of what I usually would have talked about in the in the minor hay segment, we actually get into in the main discussion topic with JB. Um, so mainly with this week, what I want to talk about is this movie, Cutthroat City, um, directed by RZA, I believe also written by RZA, and it is a story of post-Katrina, uh, Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, and uh, it's a story of four friends. Um, it's kind of like... I would say that it's in this in a similar vein to like a set it off type story. Um, and I don't want to give too much away there, um, but different. It's, a de- it's definitely a different twist on it. Uh, some of the things I could. So th- I was looking at some of the reviews to this movie. Right. And a shout out to being able to go back to the movie theaters for one. The fact the movie theaters reopen um, is a huge thing. I think that. You know, for for me, someone who's who's usually in a movie theater every Friday and hit, cannot wait to get back into movie theaters consistently. Um, and at least the movie theater, the Cinemark that I went to out here, it really keeps the social distancing and the health aspect as best as you can kind of expect from a movie theater. But I want to talk about this Cutthroat City movie. Shamik Moore, who is like one of I don't even know I don't know how old he is. I've kept referring to him as young up and coming uh actor black actor i mean since dope really and then he was the voice of spider-man in uh uh the spot into the spider-verse uh on the wu-tang and american story show uh he's 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 all over the place i think that i i i keep saying i feel like he's gonna break out because he's a really great actor but that may not come for him for some sometimes you know sometimes we see people not really have true breakout roles until they're into their 30s maybe that's the situation we run into with shameek Moore, unfortunately but Again, that's a conversation for the film frequency. Um, But this movie, Cutthroat City, um, a lot's been said. You guys may have seen it on social media of T.I. being portraying someone with vertiligo. um, And, you know, people have come out who actually suffer from it and will not suffer, but actually uh, have that condition and and, and are not quite happy with it. Um, But I think when you look at the heart of this story, the fact that it's telling the story of, you know, you get some of the conspiracy theories on. Uh, why the levees broke uh, you get uh, politicians being corrupt corrupt cops that are supposed to be undercover uh, the underbelly the the criminal underbelly of New Orleans and uh, how they work with the police or, or, or everything else like it's really it's a multi-layer story I don't think they execute everything as, as well as what they could have I think it's a lot of story condensed into a two-hour movie I could have easily went 245 or almost three hours with everything that they packed in there. I think the performances across the board are really solid. Some are better than others, of course. Um, but it's these kids who uh, Shamik Moore's character, Blink, is he's trying to figure out. He had just got married before Katrina. Uh, he's trying to figure out how to provide for his family. They got denied the FEMA benefit after he really didn't want to apply for it. And then. You know, you, you have that back against the wall story of what are you going to do? How are you going to provide for your family? And they turn to uh, T.I.'s character, Cousins, who is a criminal, and he, and he puts them on uh, to rob this casino. Everything kind of spirals down from there. Like I said, it's a very similar to a set it off top type of story, but also kind of a coming of age story. Uh, and it's just it's really set with me since I've seen it. Uh, there was a fake in here. Uh, that I won't get into the details of it that had me pissed off for a second until I realized that it was kind of a fake. Um, but it's just a really good movie. And I would say, and, and shout out to anyone, I think people need to go check that out. Uh, Cutthroat City is the name of it if you haven't heard heard of it. Because um, I hadn't heard of it before I saw it. Like, I I think I started seeing previews of it and, and reaction to it the day I was supposed to go see it. Before then, I don't know if it just missed me. Um, 
you know, we're still movie theaters aren't completely reopened. We aren't getting a lot of streams of new movies quite yet. That unhinged movie with Russell Crowe came out. But I think this is a movie that a lot of people will really, really enjoy. And, you know, I think that it being in, uh, a theatrical release, I think it would probably go have gone over better if it was like a straight to Hulu, straight to Netflix type film. But there's RZA. He is so talented. And RZA is a perfect example of how you can train yourself if you have a passion for it. There's no particular lane, especially as creators and creatives. You know how we, we saw how he came into music. If you watch the Wu-Tang series and how he built himself up to be a great producer, uh, he's slowly gotten more and more into film, writing films, producing films, now directing films. And what I'll say is that as a as a, this film cinematically, the style of direction, RZA is starting to develop his signature style, like a style that you'll see when you see a trailer, when you see uh, certain cuts from it, you you know that it's a RZA film going forward. Like this is his third movie directing, I believe, and it's it was really solid. I'm not saying he's like on the level of a of a John Singleton or Spike Lee or anything like that, and he may never reach that. But to, for for someone who didn't go to film school for someone who wasn't trained for this he's just and me like for example it was some something for me to look up to you guys know uh, i'm getting into short films I, ha I still have to edit my short film um but it's just something to look up to you 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 can really teach yourself with enough passion behind it and dedication you can really teach yourself to do so much and riz is a perfect example of that in this film uh it's really really solid and you know i i I I really like to see what RZA does for his next project. And when you look at the cast of this, Terrence, How Terrence Howard is in this. Ethan Hawke is in this. I'm um, already said Shameik Moore is in this. T.I. is in this. And, you know, those aren't actors that are like at the t upper echelon in Hollywood. I, I would never say that, um, especially like not at this point with Ethan Hawke. But these are names that are respected and they don't show up. Hmm, I mean, I. I does Terrence Howard T.I. will show up for probably anything that pays him Terrence Howard may be at this point too Ethan Hawke we don't see too much um but Shameik Moore I think is very careful in the roles that he picks so you know for him to write and direct this just hats off to RZA for that but that's the thing that was on my mind this week we're gonna go ahead we're gonna take our break uh, you're gonna hear from another podcast and then we're gonna get into the cookie chronicles from Tia I'll see you guys after that with the main discussion topic What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Marco the Prince, the host of Hear Me Out Podcast, and I am here to tell you a little about me and my podcast. I'm a little bit about me. I'm born and raised in Portland, Oregon, currently reside on the East Coast. I have done everything from a nine to five, retail, been homeless, been engaged, um, AmeriCorps, volunteer jobs, and whatever you think of, I probably done it or experienced it. And I am here just so my voice can be heard and hopefully touch the voice of someone else to remind them that we all don't got it, but we can all go get it. Um, so I'm here to just share my life experiences, motivate people, rant, and just be heard. So you can hear me out on all the socials at hearmeout.pod for Instagram, hear me out podcast on Facebook, and also this is hear me out on Twitter. And you can also stream me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Brinker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public, and wherever you catch your favorite cast at. So hopefully you hear me out and catch the vibe.
segment here with the Cookie Chronicles on the Awakened Soul Podcast. Now, I'm not going to lie, today was a struggle, okay? Today was a real struggle. This week was a real struggle. And I didn't really have a topic for today. Um, <laughs> but Hayes kind of got in my ass a little bit and was like, use your life experiences as content. And, you know, why not listen to the king of content when he gives you advice on content, right? Okay? So, here it goes. I've been struggling this week. And this week, I was struggling because, now, while I love what I do and I'm great at what I do work-wise, it's not a career. And I've never been the person that wanted to work for other people, even when I was younger. Like, I always kept the job, but I always had a new job. So I was one of them people. Like, if my year anniversary was coming up on a place of work and I wasn't getting promoted or getting a raise, I'm leaving. Because I'm bored and I need something else to do. Like, that was me. <laughs> so, I've had a lot of jobs in a lot of industries. Uh, right now, I am an OA, an office administrator for a solar company here in Maryland. And I've done solar for maybe three or four years now. And I'm great at it. You know, to the point where when they were laying people off um, during COVID, I offered my services to be laid off because I could use the mental break, okay? And they were like, no, you know, you're essential. We need you. You know the operations. Like, at this point, I was doing my job in three other jobs, okay? I was OA, which is like the office mom in a sense. That's what I've always called it. Um, So I was also over, like, the permitting and inspections division. So I had to make sure all of our permits were going out and coming back in a reasonable time, making sure that I kept good communication and relationships with, like, the HJs and the municipalities um, here in our counties and other surrounding counties. And then I also dealt with inspections. So I was over inspection. So I had to make sure our inspection coordinator was doing what they were supposed to do. We passed inspections. Um, If we didn't pass, I had to know why. I had to have our service techs go out and fix it. Like, all of that. So I was doing inspections, permitting, being the office mom. And then at that time, our office um, operations manager wasn't the best. So, like, since I was the girl that got shit done, there were a lot of times where corporate would call me or email me like, hey, you know, I know this is out of your job description, but such and such isn't doing this. Can you make sure this gets done? And this is sometimes shit that I had never done before and I had to learn on the fly. So I was I was doing a lot, okay? I was doing a lot. Um, and this is my second solar company. So like I said, I've been doing solar for a while. Um, and I'm, I'm good at it. I like it. I just, I don't want to work for other people for the rest of my life. (laughs) So I've created Lady Haven and I started podcasting and I'm hoping that these things will take off. Now with Lady Haven, I love Lady Haven and it's my baby, but I think I kind of started at the wrong time with Lady Haven, um, the boutique, because I launched Super Bowl Sunday which is February, like early mid-February, for those who are not into football. And then not even a month later is when COVID happened. So I think March 13th is when, like, companies started laying people off and closing, and people had to start working remotely. Um, And I kind of felt bad for, as a boutique owner, as a business owner, still, you know, I felt bad for asking people to buy my merchandise, When they had got laid off, you know, people got families, they got uh, homes that they have to take care of, and people getting laid off. So I was like, okay. So I didn't really advertise 
from March, even really till now. Like, I still don't advertise as much as I should because I know that people are still, like, it's me having a heart. But then the business side of me is like, all right, dear, like, this is sink or swim. And at some point, people always not going to have jobs. People are always get laid off. People going to always, like, I can't keep taking that into consideration. So now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, all right, I have to learn how to market because I'm not the best marketer. Um, outside of, like, posting the pictures of the merchandise or doing photo shoots, um, or going live and like showing like a model tried everything on and like seeing how stretchy and how it fits like I don't know marketing okay <laughs> so Hayes kind of got on me about that too like girl you got a good thing here you got good clothes you got good products like you got to start doing what you're supposed to do so my past few weeks have been like trying to teach myself on YouTube like how to do search engine optimization which I think would be really good and helpful for Lady Haven and looking at different marketing strategies um, which I still don't feel a hundred percent comfortable with because um, I'm typically the girl like I have a lot of things that I want to do but the things that I cannot do I'd rather pay somebody else to do it because if I got the means to do it why not like this is I pay for convenience like I, I don't have the time in the day doing three or four different positions at my full-time job to then get off work and watch a shit ton of YouTube videos and then learn how to do my own shit and still advertise it. Like, it's a lot. So I, I, I like to pay people to do shit that I can't do. But again, Hayes being Hayes and calling me out on my shit is like, you know, you got to get to a point where you can do this shit yourself, which is very true. And, you know, why not save money? I don't have to pay anyone so I'm, I'm this week I've been going through that so it's been a combination of being frustrated with working for somebody else but then also being frustrated that I have to teach myself how to do things that I that is not my lane like I'm not very techie and Hayes will tell you like I when it comes to technology I am like an old lady like I can cut my phone on I can play around with my phone I can kind of figure shit out like computer wise like how to you know function a computer but like cameras doing search engine optimizations um he got me doing some other shit like i this is not my lane like i don't i don't do this so <laughs> he's self-taught so he's like if i could be self-taught everybody could be self-taught so that's been my week like I'm, I'm i'm trying to balance my time so like the past couple weeks i would leave work i would work maybe 7 to 3 30 4 30 at the latest and then come straight here in the office which is still not done <laughs> at least one half of it and then watch youtube videos or put up my inventory matter of fact i have to go to walmart when i finish doing this because i ordered another clothing rack and um but one good thing that came out of the past two weeks and this week that i've been struggling is that i decided to do pop-up shops so for lady haven i'm definitely going to start doing pop-up shops i'm going to do one um within the next few weeks i want to make sure that i can get like the digital flyer together and market it so that people know that they can just walk in and buy stuff um but i'm doing that and then again still trying to teach myself marketing and seo and if you have any pointers for me <laughs> definitely inbox me if you do not know my social media handles it is the first lady d-a-f-i-r-s-t 
underscore L-A-D-I on Twitter and on um, Instagram. If you're my friend on Facebook, definitely inbox me on Facebook too and let me know what I can do to make this easier. If you have any little pointers. But I'm, I need help. I'm a new business owner when it comes to a clothing boutique. Like I've, I've had other businesses. Um, I still have virtual girls. I gained a new client for virtual girls this week, which is also, um, he's a friend of mine. He does credit repair. So I've been getting my contract together for him so that we can sign and I can start um, on Wednesday. So I, I'm doing a lot. And I'm, I'm doing a lot sometimes to my detriment to the point where I can't fully focus on one thing and get the one thing mastered before I'm on to the next. I don't know if it's the Gemini in me or just the entrepreneurial spirit in me that just hate working for other people. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do a little bit of everything that I know how to do until I get it together. Um, but those two things hand in hand, Lady Haven and Virtual Girls have been my thing to speak. And again, it's a struggle, okay? It's, it's definitely a struggle. And so y'all pray for me. I'm letting y'all in to my brain a little bit and how I function and think. And, and, and this is a lot. <laughs> I can't pay nobody to do this right now. I've been challenged not to do that. And I have to prove that I can do it. So pray my strength, y'all. All right. Now, until next time, when I might have something else I might need help with, I will talk to y'all next week, okay? <laughs> Bye. You are now rocking with socially unacceptable. Socially unacceptable. You are now rocking with socially unacceptable. Socially unacceptable. Uh. That was hard. That was kind of dope. That was hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
that he's getting too much shine on my platform. Don't don't. I might have to edit that out just so people won't go <laughs> check him out. I don't people want, want people knowing I was ever associated with that motherfucker. So I'm, the first time ever, I may bleep the name of that shit out because I I refuse, bro. I refuse. You should. You actually should just for the <laughs> just for the lulls. <laughs> but uh, enough, bro. So like. Me and you, and I hopped it last week, I said we're going to be talking about racism now. This was something that me and you just talked about one day before we recorded the film frequency, and we were like, yeah, we we should record it. A, because I know this isn't a conversation that would be easy for you to have with a lot of people, black people, uh, for example, and I think it's a conversation that we all need to hear, and with me and you being brothers like we are and friends for years like we like we have been i think this is a great place to have that conversation so uh if you if you're comfortable i I want you to go ahead and present like that situation that you ran into on facebook and then we can kind of break it down talk about some other things out of that but i think it'll be a good place to start it off and since it's your story you were here do you mind going ahead and kind of giving that you can don't give any names if you don't feel comfortable it's all good yeah no i'm not gonna give any names or whatever but uh, you know before i even start i just want to say because you just said something and, and it's it kind of triggered me a little bit. It's disgusting, actually, that I, and I love you, my brother, but it's disgusting that I feel that I can speak to you openly here mm-hmm. more than I can on my own Facebook or social media, which I own and it's mine. Yeah. So uh, basically the story just goes like this, and I'm going to give sort of the, the short version of this. I, I post certain things on social media. Sometimes I post it to get a rise out of somebody or, or a certain group of people and uh, n- nothing to do with racism, just a certain group of people, whether it's uh, I'll say it, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, I say it to get out of rise out of some people to see how they would react. And like, like I do with Drake fans, like I purposely say shit all the time. The, the Beehive, Be- uh, Beyonce fans or Drake sh- fans, I say shit to, to trigger them all the fucking time. So I, I exactly. Yeah. yeah. And some of the times it's not even really so much to trigger. Sometimes there is, I- I'll be honest, but sometimes it's just because I'm generally wanting to know where their thoughts are at. And I'm yeah. generally wanting to know where both sides are at because I, it's it interests me, you know. It's it's yeah. it's social. It's a social thing, and it's it interests me. But anyway, you know, we were we were online, and uh, we were just we were engaging in conversation, and uh, we were talking about different topics. And I'm not even going to go into what the topic is or anything. But someone actually made the comment, like, just admit you're you're. As a matter of fact, let me just rewind for a second. What I said was, I love everybody. Mm-hmm. What I said was, I love everybody. And someone actually replied with, um, just admit it, you have a little bit of racism in you. And I don't know at what point this the statement, I love everybody, mm-hmm. became a racist statement. Now, I know exactly where that person's coming from. With, not where they're coming from, but I know what they're thinking in their head. Yeah. I love everybody is equivalent to all lives matter, which is equivalent to racism. Yeah. Clearly, that's where it, they they're, they're ta- their, their feelings are taking them. So go ahead. Right. Now, whether all lives matter, black lives matter, I think they're both important. Yeah. Are they equ- are they equally important? No, because I do understand uh, black lives matter is is what the, the problem at hand is right now. So it's it's important as well. But at the same time, I love everybody, and I think everybody is important as well. So I no one's going to force me to choose one or the other. It's just not going to happen. I'm I'll never be that person. And the problem that keeps happening with me, and it's so crazy because something else just happened a couple of days ago where um, somebody posted something and uh, it was like, oh, uh, no, it actually was on somebody else's feed. And they were talking, they were they were making some kind of comment about Trump and something good that Trump did. Now, I also want to preface this and say, while I don't agree with a lot of the crap that Trump does or says, 
There, I do believe not 100% of the stuff he's done has all been wrong. He's done some good things. So this person posted something a positive about Trump, and I replied so along the lines of Leah. I agree with what he said, mm-hmm. and the person who was replying, a totally different person, said, "Oh, so you guys agree with him? So clearly, you guys are okay with pedophiles." This had nothing to do with pedophiles. And I think the I think the thing that we're running into, right, and this is where it gets dangerous. And everyone knows I don't agree with Trump X Y Z. And like Bello, one of my best friends, I would say, like Bello's family. Is an is an uh, avid Trump supporter, but me and him have some had some of the best political conversations that people have ever had. But because we're coming to it from a place of we respect each other, regardless if we agree or not, we respect each other. Um, and there's been things that Bello has enlightened me on. There's been things that I'm sure Bello uh, Bello has taken away, and I've given him a new perspective on. And I think the thing that we're running into now with the culture, right, is everybody is so heightened and pissed off because. Trump is divisive. He is. He's a, he's an idiot in my opinion, and he need to me. He's just not a great leader. Um, and so I think it's become so heightened that you're either on one side or another that anything that anybody can say if they do agree with something Trump said, it's automatically the people try to paint it under. Well, you agree with everything Trump said. You're a racist, or like you said, you're a pedophile. And so that heightened sensitivity that we are in right now in in culture in general, it leaves. It does. It doesn't leave much space to for either not even a gray area because gray area sounds like something negative, but it doesn't leave much space to be in the middle. And I get it. And I can get, understand that some people you either can be only for Trump or you can be only against Trump. I understand that a hundred percent because you can't make a middle vote. You're either voting for Trump or you're not. So I I kind of understand where that's coming from. But to apply the utmost either racist or like in your case in your case pedophile ideas to somebody who says i agree with one thing that he did or said is fucking ridiculous yeah and that's literally tell me what the difference between that and being stereotypical is that's literally the definition of being stereotypical and it's crazy and it's not only occurrences with myself i've seen a lot on social media where if you back one particular person or one particular idea or one particular party and i've seen it on both ends of the spectrum as well. I've seen people who are Democrats and there is Republicans uh, who are talking the same thing, like, oh, you know, Biden and Clinton, they're all they're all sex trafficking, yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. So it's both sides of the party. But again, I feel and I'm going to continue. And my wife is like, oh, stop say, like bringing stuff like that up on social media and stop talking about politics and and race. And I'm like, no, it's your social they, media. You should be able to talk about what the fuck you want to. Exactly. And they have one. I'm not going to let anybody stop me from posting one out the only person that can stop me from posting what i want to post is literally the facebook admins because they can just block me and that's the only way no one else is going to stop me from expressing my opinion because the last time i checked freedom of speech is still a thing yeah so this and you made a very good point i can i feel like i can tell you anything and i'm not saying you won't get upset you might get upset but we can at least have a civil discussion and vice versa a lot of those people who are making these statements towards me they might have known me for some, in some cases, years, but we're not really friends or more acquaintances. Mm-hmm. The people who truly know me, they know better. But I, I don't even want to make this about like me trying to plead my case. And I'm just using myself as an example. It's more the, the, the climate we're in right now where there needs to be some middle ground. And like you said, it's kind of hard to have that middle ground. But I think that's crazy. At the end of the day, we're still a human race. Yeah, and I think I think the thing is so to get back to kind of the original thing that, that you brought up is that you saying you care about everyone or you love everyone, or you love everybody and that to be associated with all lives matter. I think to say in general, to just say that I feel like every life on this planet matters, right? 
isn't bad. When people bring it up in response to saying Black Lives Matter after black men had been, it's been hunting season on black men that last summer, that's different, right? Because those are completely different things. If you're responding to somebody saying Black Lives Matter for the movement and what that means, you're like, no, be quiet. All lives matter. That's a completely different thing than just saying generally, I love everybody. You feel me? And so I think we need to, there needs to be a delineation between the two. We need to understand that in general, it is good to love everybody. In general, it is good to say all lives matter, but don't, or to feel like every life matters to you, but don't say all lives matter in response to somebody talking about black lives matter, especially after a black person was killed unjustly. Like we just had, and it's funny that we had this conversation. We planned this long before, but I know you, did you just see the, the case where the guy was shot in the back seven times by police officers? Which, was it the guy that was going in the car? Yeah, that's going in the car. Right. So, uh, and um, uh, shoot, A-Track Brown, uh, a mutual friend of ours, he po- I saw it, he posted a video on Facebook and I saw it. Now here's my thinking here. And I didn't post this, but I guarantee if I post this, I'll, I'll get a shit, shit rained upon me. Did the cop, what the cops shooting them a hundred percent wrong. They could have pepper sprayed him. They could have, uh, used rubber bullets. They could have tacked him to the ground. They could have beat his ass and they could like, beat uh, his ass. And I mean, that would have been wrong too, but I'm saying that that is an option that they would have had rather than shoot and murder. But go ahead, continue. 100% I'm with you. So tell me why, if I was to say that, I would get praises. But if I was to follow that with, but the guy should have not gone back to his car knowing the officers and the way everything is going on right now, he should not have gone in the car. He could have should have stopped. I don't know why he was going in his car, but he should have stopped. Now, if I was to make that statement, forget it. I would, I would get shit rained upon me where I don't think that's a wrong statement to make. Why? Because let's take, let's take race out of it. If it was a white, brown, whatever type of guy, I would be making a safe statement. Mm-hmm. If a cop stops me and says, hey, stop, the last I'm going to do is walk to my car. When a cop pulls me over, and my wife can vouch for this, and I've told this story before. When a cop stops me on a traffic stop, mm-hmm. and he says, "I want," most of the time I try to grab my license and have it ready before he comes to the car. If I don't, I can't get to it. The very first thing when he asks me, I need to see your license registration. Do you know what the first thing I always say is? As God is my witness, the first thing I say is, can I reach for my license and registration without getting shot? I say that every time because I want them to know I'm reaching for my wallet. It's stupid of me to say that, but I understand what's going on with this world right now. I understand I'm I'm, I'm a brown man. I understand I'm a Muslim man. So did what the cops do right? No, 100% wrong. But also... There's also a little bit more to that story, but you can't even make that statement because let me ask you, you're, you're an African-American. What do you feel by me saying that? Am I wrong for saying, let me, let me cause you said a lot there for you saying that sure. he should have complied with police. Correct. And not walk to his car or, or reached in his car. Here, here's here. So some of the details that like it, generally I would, I, if we just didn't know, um, generally I would say that that's, that that's a, a fair statement. If you just want to generally say when police pull you over, do what they say. I get that. In this case, though, I don't think he was put over. He was actually he stopped two other people from fighting. So he wasn't even the initial initial instigator. So in this case, it wasn't at least to my knowledge and what I've read. Like, I know the, the uh, details are still trickling out. But in this case, he actually broke up a scuffle. And then scuffled with police because he was kind of lumped in with the people that he was actually trying to break up an incident. So that's a that's a different situation. I understand where you're getting at. And I understand that for saying that statement, just blindly, even people who don't know the facts, like I, I 
looked into it and tried to get some of the facts. But people will blindly, for you saying that, you will definitely be attacked. Yeah, exactly. And now that I know that, because I did not know that, but now that I know that, I will also go along the lines and also say it's it, the cops should have this situation should have never even happened because the cops should have never done anything to him. He was stopping yeah. a physical altercation, but I will still follow that up and say he shouldn't have reached in the car because you know how crazy it is now. You know how stupid cops are acting right mm -hmm. now. You know, you're a black man. You know, these are white cops. Anything can possibly happen. And why even risk it? Why even risk it? Now, uh, again, this another another situation I'm remembering now, and uh, it was the situation that happened. I want to say in Atlanta, and I'm sure you'll probably remember where there was two Atlanta students, and this is when the riots were happening, and they were driving, and some some white cops stopped them, pulled mm -hmm. them out of the car, and like beat the shit out of them. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. When that originally happened, somebody on social media posted uh, the news article, and all I said was like, "This is fucked up." However. We don't know what the context is because they didn't say what happened. For all we know, the person, these, these two kids, they could have uh, held somebody up. They could have put something on fire. We don't know what the context is. If there is, they were just minding their own business, 100% the cops are wrong and it's fucked up. All I said was, I cannot comment. Someone asked me, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I can't comment until I know the entire context. All I know is some cops drag these kids out of the car, beat the shit out of them. From that point of view, it's wrong. But why did the cops do that? Did they hold a like what happened immediately? Oh, you're a racist. How could you how could you say that? And I'm like, how, how am I a racist? Then late, like two days later, you found out that these kids did absolutely nothing. Yeah. They weren't even part of the rights. They were just driving through. And I was I went on social media. And I'm like, oh, this is absolutely screwed up. Absolutely. Because why? Because I knew the context. I knew the context. And a lot of people are making blanket statements now where it can be extremely dangerous, where people are not. I feel like everyone is throwing logic out the window these days and people are not thinking clearly. And I don't know if that's because Trump has made this the way the, the world, the way it is now or the country, the way it is now, or just as a society, we're getting stupider and stupider. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think so. Tensions are high everywhere, right? I think at this point now with the protests that have been, you know, they, they, they don't get as advertised and not as huge as what they were. But protests have been happening since George Floyd, George Floyd. So we've been in a state of like protests happening periodically throughout this country for months now um, on end. So like I, black people are are definitely they have been we have been we should be on edge and always worried about, OK, is this the time when I get pulled over that is going to escalate into something that it doesn't need to be? At that same time, there are police now who are worried that, you know, especially once camera phones and stuff come come out and people start recording. All right. How is this going to what is going to happen? And th those tensions rise as well. And I've always said that my stance on this in general are that police need to be trained better. I truly believe that is that police need to be trained better because there are several incidents in which. People just being like your first instinct shouldn't be to shoot if somebody's not armed. I complete if somebody pulls out a gun on you and, and you're armed and they get shot at that point. It, it Like, I understand it. Right. I understand it. It's the unarmed shootings. And like in this case that we're talking about or that we we're talking about before, like the police now trying to say that he had a knife, he had a knife. And the, every and the witnesses like we've never we never saw a knife. So shit like that, when you when you get that contradicting and it seems and it appears that cops are trying to cover their ass, you're damn right. People are going to be 
on edge. Now, that's with the cops. Now, you're talking about what you're talking about is the conversation that people have of you stating your opinion, basically saying, I want to wait till people have all the facts before I comment. That's the smart thing. If people try to crucify you for saying, I want to wait to, to more facts before I say my piece, that's that knee jerk reaction that people have. And then they want to see everybody else have because then it, it then it makes them feel better about having a knee jerk reaction. And if you notice me on my social media, I don't comment on shit until I get some facts. Because when those those viral videos go live, yeah, it's it looks fucked up. And I'll say this is just sad that somebody lost their life. But I won't I won't scream who's right or wrong until more details come out. And I think we like I said, everybody's so hyped now and they just want to force an opinion to have so that they can put you on what side of the line that they want to place you on that people are now vilified for saying, hey, I want to wait. I have the information before I speak up. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. I mean, we're you and I and this is why we're brothers. We're very logical people. We like to. Uh, analyze sometimes in my case, which you call me out all the time. Sometimes I overanalyze and overthink which you call me about, you know, you call me out on all the time, not even relating to racism, just in general, because you know me that well. But another thing that I, I failed to mention is all these people that have quote unquote called me out or call me this or call me that not even one, not even one of them is African-American zero. And that actually is- all my African-American friends I have no issue with me. Don't get me wrong. I have some friends, um, some African-American friends that will get into debates, you know, kind of like you and I would get into debate. Nothing crossing the line or disrespectful. They've never once said, oh, you're racist or oh, blah, blah, nothing. It's all my my issues are with all my non-African-American friends or, well, that, or acquaintances. And that's the thing that like we talked about before we were recording film frequencies that this there's this heightened sense of like people want to appear. Like it's have you seen did you ever see Queen and Slim? Yes. And you remember how we reviewed it, bro. Oh, I couldn't remember if I if I recorded <laughs> that one solo or not. I couldn't remember. Um and you know how like the boy, right? The the kid in that movie, he ended up getting shot. He was much yes. more of a militant to the cause that Queen like people in general, like they looked at Queen and Slim as like people who were trying to start this cause and really they were just trying to save their own lives, right? But that right. happens very often in almost every cause. You get people who want to be so down to make sure that they appear and they want to be with the cause and make sure that people know that they're that they're supportive of Black Lives Matter, that they go harder than some black people do for it. And and something that we talked about before is that also we we do need to acknowledge that some of us, for example, me being African-American, I could say something that I that the black community that will they'll try to understand or I wouldn't. Of course, I won't be labeled a racist because I'm African-American. They may not agree with me. They may debate me. They may do whatever and say, hey, you're missing this or whatever. But for anyone who's outside the race that says those exact same things like, you know, I've, I've called black people playing victim all the time to, to certain things, to certain aspects. Black people, play, us, us in our culture, playing victim and blaming some of our downsides on our own mindset. But. If Bello or you were to do that content, bro, you'd be fucking massacred. And it's like the color of somebody's skin doesn't change facts. It doesn't change that somebody being able to to say their opinion. Now, if you you know, bro, if you said something, some bigotry or some racist shit, hey, I'm not going to check you on Facebook because we're brothers. I'm going to fucking call right. you or wait till I talk to you again. Um, and I'm going to be like, hey, bro, what's up with this? I, I this this comes up it came off a little weird, and I would expect you, Bello. Uh, my my friend Brian, my friend Nino, to all do the same thing to me. But you get these people who 
like you said, there is no respect. They they want to be the ones on social media just talking loudly, not always saying anything that that's of note and actually matters. They just want to be the loudest in the room that it then it turns into this big ass thing on the timeline or on social media. And at the end of the day, somebody was just saying, like in your case, look, I'm waiting. You feel me? And right. they, they don't even pay attention to the original post. Now people are calling each other's racist and, and bringing up Trump. And it just turns into a bunch of shit all because people aren't smart enough and intelligent enough to just have an open conversation. And that's why I started the Awakened Soul. That's why Bello used to be on the Awakened Soul so much when Trump before Trump got elected. Like it, all this happened for a reason. And it's just it's turning to fucking turmoil. Like there's times I have to I don't get on Twitter because I'm just tired of the shit. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's cr it's cr absolutely crazy. But I think you do make a good point where sometimes, you know, you're down for the cause and you want to go hard because I'm the same way. If there's a, a, a particular opinion or, or a cause that I'm, you know, I am for, I will go hard and support that cause. But also, I think there's a there's a third layer or another layer to this where I feel like some people, I look at them I'm like, bro, you do it a little bit too much right now. I understand supporting the cause, but are you trying to like overcompensate because of something else that maybe you have deep down in your mind or, you know, or, or something from your, from your home or from your past? Like, I feel like some people are really like overcompensating. Like they're trying to act a certain way. Not that they don't, you know, they're not down for the cause, but yeah. they're going a little bit overboard. And I, I don't know if I'm right on that. I'm wrong on that, but I, I get that feeling sometimes. Like some people are just overcompensating. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think like, like for me, I, and I've been very open with saying that at some point, at one point in my life, I would have been considered um, homophobic. I absolutely would have. Like looking back at it, my late teens, early 20s, if somebody would say, hey, if they pull up some of those tweets from back then, listen, I'm getting crucified. They're, they're going to try to cancel my ass. But I think that I've been very open at admitting that and realizing where I went wrong at, right? And so because I, I make that an open discussion, I'm clear about it. A lot of people have said and done racist ass shit in their lives. And rather than rather than them just admitting like, hey, I don't understand, like I've, I've come around because that's where the growth, that's where the conversation can happen. If you say, hey, I used to, I was raised in a racist family. It took me years to unprogram that people won't say that part of it. They just they, they go hard for the cause and call people out and say X, Y, Z. And it's like I get it to a degree. But yeah, overcompensating is definitely a thing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see, you know, I don't see this problem ever getting fixed. I think this is just going to be here to stay regardless if I don't think this is a Trump thing. I think it started mm -hmm. and it manifested because of Trump and the way things are, or, or at least partially because of Trump. But even when Trump is out of office, whether it's four years from now or come November, I still think this is going to be a long thing, unfortunately, until the end of time, or at least way past after we're dead and gone. So the thing, the thing, the way that I look at the Trump thing, right, is that a people look at Trump for the as the catalyst, and I kind of understand it in this sense. I think that there have always been people who've had thoughts and ideas like this, right? But when you see Trump, the president, speaking of it loudly, you get people that are, that are now like, "Oh well, hell, if he's doing it, I can come out and say it more," right? So I, I get that to a degree, but um, blaming everything on Trump. And that, that's this is, again, where I could say something that and hell, I may get crucified for it. But if you said it, you would definitely get crucified for it. Right. Blaming everything, everything that's wrong in this country on singly on Trump being president once he's out of office, whether it's this election or he does his second term and he's out. 
I, I really want to see where those people lie because now the genie's out the box, right? It's one of those things that is it's harder to put the cat back on. He can go away, away now. He didn't put those ideals in people. He may have made them more comfortable to say it in public, but we we're, you're treating the symptom rather than the disease. The disease is racism. Trump didn't introduce racism into this country. He that's that's the symptom, right? That's the symptom. That's right. what people want to look at. So until we actually do something to fix inherent racism in this country and the thing is is i think it can never presidents pres, presidents <laughs> pres, pres, president's ventures no oh god why the fuck did I lose? <laughs> prejudice uh has existed and still exists in every community and every there are black people that are prejudiced to certain things of other cultures when we make fun of ling ling and talking the in the asian accent guess what that is a prejudice. That is a racial slur. But, of course, it gets highlighted when it's white people because we've been dealing with it for hundreds of years. But I think once people start also wanting to acknowledge their inherent president prejudice with certain things, then that's where we can really learn to actually how we're going to treat it. But I think that that we don't like we don't always want to admit that we have our fucking fucked up shit too and that doesn't make anybody else's fucked up shit right i'm not saying let's let's forgive it because we're also fucked up but i'm saying you have to also be willing to treat the president <laughs> the prejudice <laughs> and you got trump and, on the mind and bro. so and some of some of the the racism that you have inherently in you hell black people like let me not say that we can't talk but we haven't even addressed colorism in our own community but yet, yeah, so like it's so much like this racism conversation, this it, it's it's so ingrained in our culture and not just ours, like it's ingrained in Asian culture, like it's ingrained. Every culture has it. Um, So it's always going to be there a little bit, but it's easier to shine the light at what other people do rather than in us and like like address our own within as well. Like it's always going to be around like. It's not. If light skin, dark skin stops, maybe we have a chance. But until I see that, I have no hope that racism is ever going to fully end. But we do need to do the do need to do our our due diligence to shine the light on it so that we can begin to try to do the work. But people don't want to admit it's easy to it's easy to focus on Trump. It's harder to focus on us. Like how everybody, if you have if you do are you acting light skin shit, I need you to address that shit too. I need you to address that just as loudly as you're addressing everything else. That's my opinion on it. I know it's not a popular one. And like I said, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying any form of racism is okay. But also address your own, yourself, and what you do within yourself. Go ahead, JB. What do you think about all that? I know I just dropped a lot. You did drop a lot, but it's it's knowledge right there. And I, I, I respect you saying that because, yeah, you, you, you can catch some shit for that. But the one thing I always, I always liked about you is regardless of what, you're still going to speak your mind. And if there was somebody else that 100% disagreed with you, you know what I would say to that person? I respect your opinion. Yeah. You know why? Because I love everybody. <laughs> Put it on a bumper sticker. It, it, that's just me, bro. You know who you behind, behind, forget, outside of the video, outside of the, 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 the microphone, you know who I am as a person. We've known each other for yeah. what, six years now? I don't even know. I lost count however long we've been we've known each other for. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, that's just it. And, you know, back to what you were saying in terms of everyone's blaming Trump, blaming Trump. And I hate to say, like, I hate to say Trump because everyone, this is going to come across as like, oh, I'm a Trump lover. And maybe it's not, but I have that ingrained in my head now. Like one little thing I say about it. Oh, he, he's a Trump lover. Mm -hmm. Regardless if I'm a Trump lover or not, I'm not. Try, it, that's not what I'm trying to do here. Uh, another thing in regards to Trump. 
I posted something on social media a couple months ago, and this is one of these things that I posted for like to trigger people. Mm. And I posted, I'm like, I cannot believe it. Donald Trump made a statement, and he was he he said something. I'm paraphrasing here, something to, along the lines of like, illegal aliens should not tr- attempt to come to this country, and if they attempt to country come to this country, there's a chance they will be killed. What does what do you guys think about that? Every like a bunch of people were like, "Oh, that's bullshit." He's so racist. Uh, what about this, America is the land of the free, and we we try to we try to bring people here and make them better. And you know he has he doesn't care about immigrants. Blah 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 blah. And I just watched all these people say this stuff, and I was laughing my ass off. You know why? Why? Because Donald Trump never said that. Barack Obama said that, mind you. Barack Obama is my in my life, my 37 years on this planet. Barack Obama is my second favorite president ever. Number one is Bill Clinton. And number two is Barack Obama. I loved Barack Obama. I voted for him both times. I think he's the most eloquent speaker, not as president, but just period I've ever heard in my life. I love Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. However, Barack Obama was the one that said that. Was that statement wrong with Barack Obama? No. I think Bar- the reason Barack Obama said that is because he wanted people to know, hey, don't risk your children's lives like this way. Try to do it the right way because there is a chance they may die. Not we're going to kill them, but they may die. And I'm sure if I would have said Barack Obama, I wouldn't have gotten responsible because I had I added Donald Trump's name in there. Mm-hmm. That's why people reacted that way. Yeah. And after I revealed it was Barack Obama, people were like, oh, I can see where he's coming from. <laughs> see, the thing is, is that Trump is divisive, right? But Trump plays into his divisiveness. And that's that's what highlights it. Like he you my my personal opinions on Trump is I feel like he's a, a fully functioning, retarded, grown man. Like he's he's barely. That's just my personal opinion on him. Um <laughs> I think he likes chaos and he likes division and he just I feel like in his head he's the puppet master and he's like dance bitches dance like this oh, is Oh yeah my for show. sure for sure for sure you that know. that's definitely like at this point he he felt like the the presidency has made the world his his playpen so to say right you got a text you got to start case theory No 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 we're good we're good okay. um but yeah, he's he he felt like the presidency made the world's playpen. Now I will, I've, and I've and I've gone on record to say this. I've said that if the George Floyd situation, right, coming in COVID and heightened tensions and the protest, this before this, I gave zero chance that Donald Trump was not going to be reelected, right? But this, I think, has has so made clear lines and even. Not just black people, white people, people like are just tired of the divisiveness. You, you've seen it even within the Republican Party. Some people are just tired of fucking Trump. Now, they don't say it very loudly because it's all about keeping the integrity of the party. Um, but I do. I, Donald Trump has become the beacon of racism. Right or wrong. That's what he 100 percent. So when the moment you mention Donald Trump's name, you're going to elicit a racial response. And what is race? Race is the easiest thing that the mainstream media has to draw division between us. And it's not just Trump. Look at the way the main the media portrays things that are said by him. They are playing it up. They want us to be divided. And this isn't just me from listening to uh, from me just listening to Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, but seriously, and, and it, it, once you start noticing it, you see it everywhere. And maybe that's the conspiracy theorist in me. Maybe that's me sometimes looking for shit that isn't there. But the media is also playing playing into this. And so the racial divide, do I know why they want races to be, to be divided? I'm not that smart. I don't pay that much. Well, let me not say I don't pay that much attention. I don't understand it all the way to my, you think you would want to get people on the same page. But regardless- no. Go ahead. No, I no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like on Billy Ray's, um, you know, on his t- type of level. Mm-hmm. But I have a theory, and here's my theory: if if 
I stop saying screw you and you stop saying screw him and he stops saying screw me. And now we're like, hey, let's not, let's use that energy and let's focus not on us. Let's focus on them. Mm-hmm. Now they have an issue yeah. because now all eyes are on them and not each other. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's a huge case. Yeah, and the, no the, one's busy worrying about them because we're worrying about each other. The control of information is the biggest weapon, bigger than nukes, bigger than a gun. If you can control control the way that the information, hell, if for people who watch V for Vendetta, if you can control the media and the way the information is given to the people, you control the people. They, you may a not perfect. be able to get them all on the same page or to agree with you, but if you know how to trigger certain people to get them in a heightened state of tension then you control everyone it's been proven i mean i'm going way back here to like the third like 30s or 40s you know whatever my you know around the 40s the one of the, the biggest villains ever adolf hitler he controlled the media and he had a shit ton of propaganda where he was talking stuff about jewish people he had stuff on newspapers on flyers on television and he sort of brainwashed a lot of people into thinking like hey jewish people are bad and blah 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 and he he built a nazi and they almost took over the whole freaking world but like you said media is a very very powerful thing and that's why a lot of times on social media i try to tell people be, be like be very weary of your facts i see people like posting art like articles from the sun the sun is like wh- who the, why would you get your information from the sun they're one of the most cr- crappiest like sources ever half their shit is wrong 99 you know majority of the time so a lot of these people i don't like to look at at, at like okay only cnn or only fox you have to have that that divide line, and I think a lot of people don't have that divide line, and that's why we're in the mess we're in now. A lot of people don't have that divide line. For sure, for sure. Um, it's and do and like you said, do I can't stress enough. Do your fucking research before you repost these links, man. This shit, like, there's so many times where people will tweet something. I'm read the headline. I'm like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> you know, because even on Twitter, when they retweet, if you look at the bottom, it'll tell you the website is from. It's like, ah, oh, fuck that shit. But you see, people hey. get so like worked up over and then it's like really read this shit like read what like and, and they don't even read the articles then if you go in the article it's a bunch of like they, they even though the headline presented it as fact it's just all speculatory and they're like oh well such and such reported that such and such said that such, and it's like come on now like why why are we getting so triggered by shit that isn't that isn't facts exactly a lot of people have you know they just read i learned i used don't i, I will be 100 honest that used to be me a long time ago where i just read the headline and be like oh damn without reading the article just because i'm lazy but trust me i have learned not to do that because right now in media it's all about headlines they know a lot of people are not going to read the article and they're going to elicit all sorts of reactions and behaviors and statements just based off of a headline and i've seen yeah. so many times people make reactionary decisions and statements based on a headline only to be like, Oh my bad. Like I, I didn't read the whole article. That's my fault. I should have read the whole article. And then he looks stupid. Yeah, exactly. B, uh, we have said before that we are going to do a podcast. Just me and you, right? We need, uh, if this didn't prove it, we need to do this shit. We just did 40 minutes on just, just uh, it's a single idea, single thought. And I believe we could probably go on another 40 <laughs> minutes and then some like, it sucks because like, with you and I, I feel like we have, you know, we've known each other for so long where every time we podcast, it's always a pigeonhole, whether it's wrestling or a film, it's never just shoot the shit, talk <laughs> about whatever. But hey, something may be in the works. So, yeah, something may be in the works. Um, but uh, lastly, JB, what as somebody who is another brown man who's been accused of being a racist, what would you say that people need to understand in situation where it's brown versus brown? Because this is something that I don't think it's covered a lot in media in general is that, you know, I 
it's sometimes it's even worse and even more vitriol when it's another brown person without knowing the facts. So you being on the other side of that, what would you what some of the advice you would give to people? I would say realize the realize the, the trials and tribulations that you go with yourself and have been through yourself and realize if you went through those trials and tribulations and those instances and those situations and those issues within yourself, more than likely your brother or your sister standing next to you went through probably the same thing, mm. if not more. So always keep that in mind. I will never, ever be like, oh, he doesn't he doesn't get where I'm coming from or he doesn't he doesn't understand because I don't understand where he's coming from. He may go through way more shit than I have. When you think you have it the worst, others may have it even worse than you. All I can say for that is and and let me let me make sure that I make it clear what black people have been going through has, has been for hundreds of years. I don't want to take away from that. I want to make sure people say understand that what I'm saying in this, that I, I, I'm not taking away from that. I'm not saying it necessarily compares. But what you went through after 9-11, people need to understand that you that just because they're not African-American doesn't mean that they don't understand, because I couldn't imagine even as a black man being on in your shoes after 9-11 and trying to board an airplane you know what's one of the first things i said and i'll, I'll say it and i'm not ashamed to say it because i don't think it's a bad thing to say i think it was the truth after 9-11 one of the first statements i made was black people are no longer public enemy number one in the united states it's muslim people now at some point i think you guys have overtaken us now again yeah. unfortunately but yeah after 9-11 it was i got a lot of heat for being being a brown guy, being a Muslim guy, you know, I got, but that's a whole nother story. But yeah, I've walked through those lines and even forget about religion. Just talk like just me and myself, because again, uh, another statement somebody made one time was, hey, who are you to talk about racism? Blah, blah, blah. You've never you've never walked a day in, ra you know, you never met racists in your life. Yeah, maybe maybe people uh, what that person said was. Uh, what and I never made any statements, but they they stereotyped and they're like, oh, just because you've probably had some hardships at TSA mm. doesn't mean you uh, you know what racist is. And I was like, bro, fuck TSA. Let me tell you a story. And I told the story when I was visiting New York. I might have been like maybe 19, 20 years old. I don't remember exactly how old. Me and two of my cousins walking down the street. Sure, it was probably maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. We were not doing anything illegal. We were smoking cigarettes, if you want to call I mean, <laughs> that's it. Walking down the street, going back to the house. And uh, a, ca a car pulled up. This is in a one-way, you know, one-way street in New York. Car pulled up. This is in Queens. Stopped. And two guys ran out of the car. The first thing comes ahead is, frig, we're about to get robbed. Mm. These two guys in regular street clothes run up on us. They throw my one, my one cousin on the floor. They come upon me. I'm the youngest one. They throw me up on the gate. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, they're about to rob us. He's like, oh, where's your ID? They didn't even identify themselves as cops. Then I, that's when I realized they're cops because they weren't robbing us. So anyway, they 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 checked they checked our pockets. They're like, oh, do you have anything to, to stab me? And blah blah yada yada. Their whole spiel. These are two white cops, by the way. And uh, they they start questioning us, and they come to me next, and they're like, oh, where's your ID? And I'm like, my my ID is at my house, like at my cousin's house. I, I'm vacationing from Florida. They live right down the street. I can go there. We can go there together. It's like six houses down. I'm terrified, mind you. No, I'm not 100%. I'm terrified because I don't want to get arrested. I'm not fearing for my life because I didn't even understand the way things worked back then because I was still so young. Mm -hmm. And uh, they harassed us. They 100% harassed us because we were three brown guys walking the street at 10 o'clock at night. We weren't doing anything wrong. But that's just one case. I've gone through racism. I'm not going to go and, and list all the things. But I think at some point everybody goes through racism regardless of the color of your skin. I'm not going to say one person's like my racism means more to me than your racism means more to you. I'm not going to do all that. But 
before you you call someone racist or or something like that, unless you have one hundred percent undeniable fact, if you're just going on a statement or a thought someone has, do yourself a favor and shut up because yeah. you don't know what that person has walked through. Yeah, you never know anybody else is struggling. You can't assume that somebody's just had it less hard than you because they're a different minority like listen every minority has had their their fell share and not like i said i that doesn't take away from the hundreds of years and the prosecution that black people have felt in none sure. i'm not saying that but don't i i hate getting into the situation of measuring pain right oh no i've had it worse because of xyz i've had it worse because xy like that shit doesn't lead to nothing but a bunch of hurt feelings and people holding their heart you feel me try to understand what people when people tell you their story of what they go through don't say oh that's nothing i've been through this just say that's that, like, try to understand and put yourself in their shoes yeah and also it kind of saddens me that like and you've done it a couple times and i'm not um let me also say i'm not uh doubting you for doing this but you've made several statements through this podcast and you've sort of set a disclaimer like i'm not saying like we haven't been prosecuted for years it saddens me that you have to give that disclaimer because there's people out there that they'll be ready to jump down your throat if you don't make that disclaimer like why do you have to like i understand why you're doing it but i'm just saying in general it sucks that you even have to make that disclaimer because people who might and maybe they know you personally they're your family they're your friends or or they uh have listened to your podcast for a long time they should already know who you are and what you believe in and what you stand for you shouldn't have to make those disclaimers i understand why you're doing it because they might be new listeners and stuff like that mm. totally understand but in everyday life there are people that are making those disclaimers and that's one thing that i'm trying not to do i still do it sometimes but i'm trying not to because i feel like i'm being forced to do that yeah no i, I understand i i do I say it because people get triggered, right? Uh, but I no, yeah. I completely, I completely understand why you say you shouldn't have to. Because the truth is, I shouldn't. I have, I, I have a hundred and eighty something episodes where you can check my character if you have any questions on it. And uh, the whole purpose of this platform is to be able to have conversations of two people and show that an open discussion doesn't necessarily mean you have to under, you don't have to agree with them to understand them. That's the whole ideal that I built this fucking podcast on, right? Um, but it's like it's like for example one time and you know we're getting sidetracked here but i, I have no problem sharing the story i remember one time i said something about oh i said women wh at what point do women have to take responsibility for the people they keep choosing just that it was it was a part of a laundry conversation and immediately i was women shaming and xyz and it's like how based on what because because people are so fucking knee-jerk bro that it's like once they hear something they can listen to 15 minutes of me talking about the other side. The moment that they get triggered mm. by something, those previous 15 minutes go fucking out the window and it's ridiculous, bro. If I go to a restaurant, if I hear about a restaurant, I've heard bad reviews about this restaurant and uh, I see, I just look at people going in the restaurant and I see when they come out, they don't, they're not looking pleased by, by the taste of the food. And I decide to go in there anyway. Who's to blame? Yeah me yeah it's the same concept but like you said people get triggered in different ways and stuff like that so unfortunately that's just that's just the way it goes but it like just real quick on you and you and your thing and your platform i really love the awakened soul because you kind of go all over the place but in a good way mm -hmm. when i say all over the place you're very diverse you could talk about about you know toxic masculinity one day and you could talk about women the other day in a positive light and you could talk about this one day and I, that's why i really love your platform and one of my favorite episodes and i'm not saying this because i'm part of the episode but i was listening to one of your episodes the other day and you had a, a female guest on and she even 
No, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't a, a, a female guest. It was uh, your anniversary episode, and it was somebody left a clip. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also agreed that one of her favorite episodes was that episode when we had that whole um, – that panel with like me, you, Billy Ray. And uh, I, when she said that, I totally forgot that episode. I actually went back and listened to that episode. Mm-hmm. And that episode was so beautiful because I feel like we all gave our opinions and no one judged. And we had a Spanish man there. We had a, we had a, a, a white man there. We had a, a black female there. We had a biracial male there, which was you. We had a brown man there, which was me. And we all just spoke civilly and beautifully. I think we had beautiful conversation. Yeah. So there needs to be more of that. And that's why I really love your platform. I appreciate that, bro. I, I, I pride myself on, on being able to create a safe space for people to come and not feel like me as the host. Like, I make everyone feel welcomed. And I don't agree. There's been some people that come on here where I, I downright agree with everything fundamentally that they say. But we have a great conversation. And, um, and yeah, I just I try to be as someone who, like, didn't grow up just in America. I grew up overseas. I've been the foreigner. I've I've dealt with foreigners being here. Like I, it's so I try to understand everything from different perspectives. But I I also understand that some of these people that that are heralds of the culture, right, haven't experienced anything but their local culture. So how can you speak to the culture when all you really know is your local area? That's a perspective that I bring, and not many people have the ability to bring that. And that's not that's not a humble brag. That's not anything. That's just facts. It's hard for people to who keep wanting to talk about the culture talk about all black people when you don't even know what black people in europe have gone through you feel me so how can you talk about it you don't know what black people in fucking uh nebraska have gone through all you know is what what city you grew up in and what you've gone through and you try to extrapolate that out to being that's every black person's experience and it's not so i'm sorry i just that's that's one of my rant it, oh the vein probably got poked started poking in my <laughs> neck for it um, <laughs> Hayes JB 2032. Let's go. <laughs> well, that's it, bro, man. Go ahead and give them your social media, man. Let's get the hell up out of here. Thank you, beautiful people. I could be reached at uh, on Twitter at the uh, P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1JB. You can also catch me on Facebook. Javid Bashrulu. You can catch me and my brother on Film Frequency. Yes, I'm going to do that cheap plug. And uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and you can follow me at uh ceo hayes that's ceo h-a-i-z-e you can follow us collectively oh well this isn't that <laughs> podcast but you can still follow us collectively at the film bros pod uh, you can follow this podcast at awaken so pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns the awaken so pod at gmail.com we are the number one podcast for the culture of the culture and we represent this shit each and every week if you got a problem with it you can suck my dick we out this bitch peace all hail the king <laughs> the king of content bitches Bitches love podcasts.